Uh, kids, before you come back up here, if you'll notice, uh, parents, in your bulletin, there's what's called the summons to the word. This is taken from Mark chapter 4. I just want to take a minute to, to, to explain what Jesus is saying. You know, we live in a world today where often people just don't listen. They won't listen. They won't, they won't actually consider. Think about how, how divided, how polarized our world is. Uh, how, think about our, the, the political environment we live in right now. And people simply stop listening to another. And Jesus has very strong words to say about the idea of listening. And, and, and what we have before us in Mark 4 is a very important idea that Jesus is basically saying, to the extent that we are willing to listen, he is willing to give us truth. And it's very important as we enter into, to, to think about, as we receive God's word, are we really listening? Because Jesus says, is saying in these words, that with, to the, the extent or with the measure that we are willing to listen is the measure that he is willing to, to open our eyes to see the truth. So as we read these words, let's, 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 let's consider it. Let's consider what Jesus is saying and reflect upon, am I truly open to change? That's what it means to listen. Am I actually willing to listen? Or am I stuck in my little echo chamber hearing only what I want to hear, agreeing with only the things that, will, that I already agree with? That the heart, that's the heart of what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is about being wrong and being about willing to grow. So let's read, these summons, let's read the summons to the word taken from Mark chapter 4. Consider carefully, consider carefully how you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. All right, kids, come on back up here. I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. All right, come on up here. Hey, Julianne, there you go. Come on over, gather around, gather around, here you go. Come on up here, all right, let me son, kids, come on up here. Great, good. Look. All right, Connor, I love it. Thanks, Connor, for coming up, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's great, okay. All right, let's see here. How many, raise your hand if you've ever been scared. Anybody raise your hand, you've been scared, yeah? You've been scared? Yeah, Nora, Nora a little bit, yeah, she's, yeah, all right, good. How, how, um... How, how do you, do you, who likes to be scared? Anybody? You don't like to be scared? A little bit? You like to be scared? That's weird. Why do you like to be scared? You don't like to be scared. I know you. Ah, no way. So wh why don't we like to be scared? Why don't we like to be scared? Jonah, why don't we like to be scared? Any thoughts? What's that, what's that Rosemary? Because it's scary. That's right. The problem with being scared is that it's scary. Why don't we like to be scared? Maybe we think something bad might happen to us, right? We don't, and we're not, we feel, when, we, when we're scared, we don't feel like we're in control, right? We don't, we can't, we don't feel like we're, we're strong, we feel weak. It's not, it's not fun to be scared. How many of you have been in, how many of you have places in your house that you won't go alone? Raise your hand. Anyone got places in your house? So, like, Julianne, where won't you go alone in the house? Are there are places in the house you don't like to go by yourself? When it's, when it's dark. When it's dark. Yeah, Jonah, what about you? Are there places you don't like to go in your house? When there's mice. When there's, there's mice? <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that, that, that would be scary, too. Well, come on. What, what other places? Any places in your house you don't like to go? Go ahead. Oh, that sounds pretty scary. Yeah, that sounds really scary. 
Yeah, what on earth is behind there? It's never been dusted in 500 years. Think about that. Okay, good. How many of you, how many of you at night don't like to look under your bed? Anyone scared of what's under their bed? Yeah. See, when I was a kid, I did not like to see, I did not like going under my, oh, what's that? Yeah, you have a loft? Okay, that's, that's better than, because I mean, you never know what could be under your bed. I mean, think about it. I mean, all kinds of, like, scary things could be under there. It's open. It's an open loft. So there's not, okay, so it's not so bad. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because there are like mice and poison traps. There's poison traps. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning a lot about the Wigmans today. This is, this is great. <laughs> now listen, so, so, I, so when I was a kid, there was, when I was a kid in my bath, in, in, in my room, there was a closet. And in the closet, sometimes I, I like to have the lights on in the closet because then it wasn't dark in my room. But then... But then on top of that, um, I would see the light on in the closet. And I thought there was, I thought there were scary things in the closet. And yeah, in fact, I used to think Darth Vader was sometimes hiding in my closet. And now, <laughs> why are you laughing? Right? It's because silly, isn't it? So, so often our fears aren't, aren't really funded. But listen, so we, in, our, in our house, we have a big basement. And there's lots of darkness at night. And if you open the door to the basement, these tall stairs, and they go down, and it's so dark. And my kids, all four of them, none of them will go down there by themselves. Because it's scary. Because who knows what's down there? Not right? True, Dad. What's that? Not true. Oh, it's very true. It's very no. true. Yes. Oh, yes. No. So we'll, we'll, we'll try it out tonight. See if you're willing to go down there by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And so we don't learn places we don't like to go by ourselves. Now, think about that place that you don't like to go by yourself when it's dark. What if your mom or dad went with you? That would be totally different, wouldn't it? Like if your mom or dad went down to the basement with you, said, hey, mom, dad, will you go with me? See, the idea, think about this. Fear is sometimes overcome by the presence of another person. But it's not just the presence of anybody. It's great when your mom or dad go. Why is it so great to have your mom or dad go with you? What's so special about them? You won't be scared. Why, why, good. Why won't you be scared? Because you're with them. Because they're, they're, they're the parents with you? Good. And what's so great about having them with you? What's so great about that? In fact, we had a discussion in our house about this not too long ago where it depended on who was going to go with you. So just if another kid went with you, that wouldn't be the same. You would want mom or especially dad to go with you. Why would they want dad to go with them for? Hmm? Any thoughts? Why would they want dad to go with them? Anybody? Yeah, go ahead. Nothing could get them, okay. Yeah, because dad can protect them. Isn't that great? The notion of someone going with you can protect them. Now, so, it, so Christmas, this is very important here. Christmas is all about the idea of God being with us. Isn't that amazing? The idea is that, that God came down, that Jesus came down, and that we're not alone anymore. That Think about all the things that make us very scared in the world. All the things, the places we go, the things that we do that we're scared. And what if we're actually not alone? 
What if God is actually present with us? You know, when I was a kid, I had, when I was like probably three years old, probably about Nora's age, maybe four, I had to, have, I had to go to the hospital. And I had surgery. And it was a big surgery. It was very, very painful. I remember waking up from it, and I was, my whole body was hurting. And I had to stay in the hospital for a number of days. And one day I was actually able to get out of bed and kind of walk. And my mom and dad were, were often there in the hospital. But one, one morning, or one night actually, I was sleeping, and I woke up very early. It was very early. It was, it was the morning, but it was very, very, very early in the morning. The sun was just coming up. And for some reason, I wasn't very tired. And the nurse came in, and I was all by myself. And the nurse came in, and she said, she said, Bruce, we have a place where it has lots of toys. Would you like to go? And I thought, well, that sounded pretty good. So I was able to slowly get out of bed, and I walked uh, out of my room, my hospital room, and down, down very slowly walked to this room. And I walked, I walked inside the door of this room, and there were more toys in that room than I'd ever seen in my whole life. I was thinking, wow, this is where they keep all the toys, in a hospital. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And so at first, I was like, this is the best thing ever. But then, and then the nurse said goodbye, and she left. And so I was there with all of these toys. And at first, it was kind of neat. I was trying to play with them, even though I was hurting quite a bit. And I started playing with the toys, and after a while, you know what I realized? What? I realized I was still alone, and I was in pain. And as I was playing the toys, the toys meant less and less. And I just felt lonely. And then, something amazing happened. I was playing my, with one of the toys, and I looked up in the door, and guess who was there? My mommy was there. Oh, and that's when I got so happy. See, all the toys, they didn't, they didn't really make me happy. But you know what made me happy? My mom being present with me. And when I saw her, do you know what I did? I started crying. Do you know what I started crying? Sometimes when you're so happy, you cry. And she saw me and she came down and she gave me a big hug. See, my mom was, was with me. So think about this. What's better, having all the toys in the world or having lots of presents at Christmas or having someone who loves you be with you? Yeah, isn't that much better? That's what we want. We don't really care about presents at the end of the day. We care about God being present with us. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's about the idea that God is actually with us, that he's actually here with us, that he enters into all the scary things in life, into all of our suffering, all of our pain, all of our sin, that he is there with us. And not only is that he's there with us, are you ready for this, Jackson? That he's bigger than all of the things that scare us. See, all of those things, that what, what makes things scary is that they're bigger than us, right? And they could, they could win, they could, they could do something bad to us. But if someone's with us who's bigger than they are, that's so great. In fact, we were having this discussion about things, darkness in the basement. Uh, one of my kids talked about how um, if their bad guy came in, they said, I think, Dad, you'd be bigger than the bad guy and that you would be stronger. So that made them feel safe. Did you know that Jesus is stronger? He's stronger than death. He's stronger than disease. He's stronger than, all, than anything that's bad in the whole world around us or within us. And so if Jesus is stronger and if he's with us, that means what? We don't need to be scared anymore. Isn't that wonderful? 
Wouldn't it be great not to have not to be scared anymore? And we can be if we understand who Jesus is. So we all know that Jesus has a name, and that is Jesus, but do you know that Jesus has more than one name? He has another name. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, we learn that Jesus has another name, is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Did you know that that name, Emmanuel, is a Hebrew name? We're going to learn some Hebrew this, this morning. So, Im, can you say Im? Say, everyone say Im. It's like the word, it's like the word him, like, you know, like her or him, but without the H. So, just Im. Say Im. Now, I want you to say Anu. Anu. So, like, think of something's old or new, you say new. It's like a new toy. For Christmas, you got a new toy. Say a new. A new. So im, a new, and then ale. You know what ale means in Hebrew? It means God. So im means with. Im, new, means us. And ale is the, is the Hebrew word for God. Immanuel. So, so everyone say Immanuel. Immanuel, yeah. See, you're all becoming Hebrew scholars. Excellent. Yeah, so Emmanuel means God is with us. So at Christmas, we celebrate the idea that God came down into the basement of our lives where it was scary and we didn't know we were going and we were all alone. We're not alone anymore because God is with us. Now, what does it mean that Jesus is with us? What does that really mean that he's here, that he's with us? Well, let me tell you, there are sometimes. When my kids have something happens, let's say they have, let's say they get into, let's say they're riding their bike and they fall and hurt themselves. And they come in and they're, they're, they've got maybe an, a couple owies and they're, and they're sad. You know one of the things I like to do? I like to say to them when they get hurt. I'll say, I'll say this. Do you know that when your dad was your age, he too fell off his bike? Or do you know that when dad was your age, someone was mean to him at school? Or did you know that when dad was your age, he lied just like you lied? Or do you know that dad has been through the same situations that you've been through? And it's wonderful. I always see them, their faces kind of light up because they know that someone has been there before, that someone has actually gone through what they're going through, that they're not alone in what they've gone through, that someone's gone through it and they actually survived, survived to be an adult. <laughs> it's not the end, right? So when, when, when we know that God is with us, it means that Jesus has been through whatever we're going through and that he didn't just survive it, that he triumphed over it. Whatever temptation, whatever suffering, whatever struggle, whatever pain, whatever sorrow, whatever we may be going through, Jesus has been there already. He's gone through it. And guess what? He survived. He didn't just survive. He conquered it. He reigned over it. And if we are on Jesus' side, if we say, Jesus, I'm sorry, and I want to be on your side, we are united to him. And nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from him. So that there's nothing bigger in this world that can make us uh, lose sight of Jesus or make him leave us. So this is a beautiful thing. Think about that. Think about how many things in the world are bigger than we are that make us scared. But now realize that Jesus is bigger than all of those things. And he comes to us and he says, I am here and I'm not leaving and I'm stronger than all of these other things. So 
Um, if God is with us, that means that he's been through every hardship, every difficulty. It means that we are not alone anymore. And it means that we don't have to be afraid of anything. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to be afraid of anyone or anything. Because G- whatever happens, Jesus can undo that thing. Let me tell you a story I think I'm, I may have told you before. And it's a story about, I asked Lydia if I had permission to, to share this. But when, when Lydia was a very, 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 very little girl, in fact, she was less than, a, well, it's maybe a, a year old or so, she had to go to the hospital. And she was in the hospital, and there, were, uh, there was a procedure being done on her. And she was actually awake. You know, sometimes when you have surgery or something like that, they put you under, and you're like, it's like you're sleeping, and you can't feel anything. Well, this was a procedure where she was awake still. And there were doctors all around her. She was on table, and there were doctors and nurses all around her. And they, had, they started the procedure. And as they started the procedure, it hurt some. And sometimes when, when things are really hurt, you know, are, are hurt a lot, what do we do? We, I don't know about you. Sometimes when things hurt a lot, I cry. You know? And so she started to cry, and she started to get very scared. And, and what was great about it is the doctor allowed me to be in, in the room. And when I was there in the room, she couldn't see me because I was kind of sitting, uh, I was sitting actually in a chair further back and there were, there were doctors and nurses all around her. And uh, she started to cry, started to move around and get very scared and they weren't able to continue the procedure. But then when the doctors asked me, he said, Dad, will you, will you come closer and see if you can put your hand in, in between us and, 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 uh, and, and try to comfort her? And so I went up, to, I went up, and I put my hand, I was able to get my hand in there like this, uh, and you know what I did? I put my finger. Here's my finger, Julian. Pull out your hand. And, and uh, Lydia's hand at the time was even smaller than this. It was smaller. And I put my finger right here. And I said, hi, Lydia. I'm here. And I love you. And do you know what happened? She stopped crying. And she stopped moving around. She was still in, a, in pain. She was still hurting. It was still hard. But she knew that she wasn't alone, that someone was with her who loved her very much. Think about that. So imagine if you can go through life, no matter what struggle or suffering you have, whatever pain you have, but you know that Jesus has been there first and that he's with you and that he loves you. That's what it means that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Now let me ask you one more question and we'll be all done. Do you know what it cost Jesus to come down and be with us? Do you know what it cost him to come and enter and to be present with us, to be with us in our sin and in our pain? Do you know what it cost him? It cost him everything. Everything. See, Jesus, at the end of the day, he lost, he lost his life. To be with us, God told him, I don't want to be with you anymore. Isn't that sick? Can you imagine having your father or mother say, I don't want to be with you anymore? That's what God, that's what God the Father said to Jesus on the cross. Not because Jesus did anything wrong. In fact, he obeyed his father perfectly. But God said to him, go away. Do you know why he did that? So that he would never, ever tell us that we have to go away. Isn't that wonderful? So God will never leave us. Jesus will never leave us. In fact, Jesus, even now, even as he's with us, and in the sense that he's been through all the things that we've been through, he will one day come back and we'll see him. Isn't that amazing? We'll actually see him. In fact, when you die, you know, but when you die, guess what? After you die, it'll be like sleeping. You'll kind of sleep for like, you know, it's like falling asleep. But then immediately you'll wake up and guess who will be there? 
Jesus will be there. As a, as a human being, as a real person, his body, he will be there. I don't know, I can't explain it actually fully. But the Apostle Paul says that. It is, he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Isn't that crazy? And he says, and he actually, Paul says he actually prefer to be, to be with Jesus. He says it is better to be, to be, to be, uh, to be actually have, to have died and to be with Christ, which is better by far, he says. Think about that. So we don't have to fear death because guess what happens? When we, when we die, we sort of fall asleep real quickly, then we wake up, and who will be there? Jesus. Jesus. That's an amazing thing. And he'll laugh, and he'll say, welcome home. And he'll bring you into his father's house where there are many rooms. And you'll have a room. Maybe even a room all by yourself. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Winston, wouldn't that be great to have a room all by yourself? Yeah. So think about that. What would that be like to be in Jesus' father's house? So we don't have to be afraid anymore because God is with us. Now there's something very, very important that, that follows from all of this. Now this is very, I don't want you to miss this, okay? Because... Because the incarnation has, has, has important, has a, there's a, something very important that we need to do. Think about this. If, if Jesus was willing to be with us in our pain, if he didn't run away and say, oh my goodness, they're, they're in pain and they're hurting, I'm going to run away. No, he went toward us. What does that mean for us when we see other people who are in pain or hurting? So think about, think about if you've got siblings or brothers or sisters and they fall and they hurt themselves. Should we just kind of sit and watch and do nothing? Or if we see people, a neighbor, maybe classmates or other, other people or even our parents. Because sometimes being a mom and dad is really hard. And they, they cry too and they're scared too. And when they're scared, or, or what should we do? Should we run away? No. We should go into their lives, into their pain. Listen to this. This is important. Do you know how much it's going to cost you when we go into other people's lives and help them in their pain? It's going to cost a lot. But you know what? Jesus will be with there. Will be with us. He'll be with us as we help others in their pain. And you know what? He'll be so proud of us. He'll say, "That's my brother," or "That's my sister," and he'll say, "That reminds me of me." <laughs> Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Jesus says, that's exactly what Jesus did. So we are to go into the lives of others and to be God's presence. God's, God's care, his love, his hands and his feet, his words of encouragement. And those of you who are adults, I want you to think about those in your lives, especially this time of year. I just had someone recently, moms and dads, you know what? I, had a, I was talking to a guy, listen to those kids, I was talking to a guy recently, and he is probably in his early 50s, and he had, he has, he had one child, a 15-year-old girl. And you know what happened? Something very, 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 very sad happened. That young lady, she decided that she didn't want to live anymore. And uh, she took her life. And it was so incredibly sad. And I, when I talked to the man just um, a few days ago, and um, you know what he said to me? He said, I don't do holidays anymore. I don't do Christmas. I don't do Thanksgiving. I don't do New Year's. Do you know why? Because in those times of year, all he does is remember. He remembers his daughter and how much he misses her and how much pain he has. And he sits and thinks, what did I do wrong? Why did this happen? And he's in tears and he's hurting so much. 
and he doesn't want to do it anymore. See, that's, that's true for a lot of people. True for a lot of people. Life is very hard. And in the incarnation, Jesus is calling every one of us to go into those lives, not to, not to leave them alone, to say, I will be with you in your pain, and to cry with them, and to give them hugs, and just to be there, just to be present with them. Isn't that beautiful? That's not, maybe that may be a scary thing to do, but as we do that, we know, it's like anything else that's scary, Jesus will be with us. Okay? So let's think, of, think about someone who, that you know right now who's hurting. You know, someone you know who's sad. And ask God, say, God, help me, help me to go into their lives and to love them well. Okay, let's pray together, and then we'll go back to our seats. Actually, we'll stay here, and we'll sing one more song. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you gave us the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came all the way down, that we are not alone, but that you are really with us. That you're present, that you've been through everything we've been through. The, dark, the darkness of our souls, our despair, our sense of futility. Jesus, you know what it's like to have everyone think that you're wrong. You know what it's like to be betrayed. You know what it's like to be forgotten. You know what it's like to be um, all alone. And we just, we just praise you that you did not leave us alone, that you loved us so much, even though it would cost you everything, that you came down and were present with us. Father, I pray that we would do the same, that we, that we see others who are hurting, that we would not just be nice and, and uh, say nice things, but that we would, we would take a risk, that we would lose control, and that we would trust you, that you can use even us and all our weakness and frailty and foolishness, that you can use us for good somehow in the lives of others. Father, I pray that you would strengthen Good Shepherd, that we would stop being a community of cordiality that's simply nice to each other, and that we would be a community of commitment, a community that loves one another at great cost, a community that is truly the body of Christ. Father, would you do that by the power of your Holy Spirit, because Jesus has come all the way down and laid down his life and lost everything for us, all in the name of love. Father, may, may our lives, too, be marked by love. Father, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.